was willing to drink his bitter cup. Although he prayed, Father, let it pass from me.
Hey 
It all started in the Garden of Eden and came to a definitive climax at the cross of Calvary. Through Adam, sin entered into the world, and through Christ, the last Adam, righteousness has come. Romans 3.8 says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Jesus paid it all at Calvary. On the cross, the Lord Jesus cried out in John 19.30, It is finished. He paid the price for our sins by bearing them in His own body on the cross. He endured the spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional suffering that we deserve and willingly gave up His life in our place. The work of our salvation was finished on the cross. It was done. The price was paid in full. He suffered six hours of agony on the cross so that we may experience an endless eternity and glory with Him. Our sins were finished. Our guilt was finished. It, our condemnation was finished. And our death was finished. In John 17, 4, the Lord Jesus prayed to the Father, I have glorified you on the earth, having finished the work which you have given me to do. Christ carried out the Father's plan of salvation to the end and finished it. And in so doing, He offers us the free gift of eternal life through faith in Him and His finished work on the cross. Let us rejoice today in these three glorious words. It is
about Easter is the resurrection of Christ from the dead. 1 Corinthians 5, 3, and 4 says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. He died for our sins and rose for our justification. The grave could not hold him, for he arose in triumphant power. He is our risen Savior. He is alive today and forever. For those who accept him as their Lord and Savior, they are raised with him and share his eternal life. Because he lives, we live also. That same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead is flowing through us today. We have a personal relationship with the one who conquered death by dying and who lives forever at the right hand of the Father in glory. Because he lives, we have life. Because he lives, we have hope. Because he lives, we have peace. Because he lives, we have a home reserved for us in heaven. Is the future bright? Yes, it is. Is eternity bright? Yes, it is. No more do we have fear or death or the dark clouds of defeat, depression, and death hanging over our heads. Christ is risen, and we are risen with him. He is with us now, and he will be with us forever in heaven, all because he lives. We can face tomorrow, no matter what it may hold, because he lives, he reigns, and he is coming again. Oh, what a victory, because he lives. Christ is our 
It wasn't the choir of San Ramon Valley Bible Church that were singing this morning. It was the choir of heaven. Amen. Do you agree with me? Let's go. I don't know what to say. I don't know really what to say except it was God and all the angels singing through these people. And you know why? He lives. Amen. Jesus lives and he lives forever. We have a living Savior. Thank you, Sylvia. Thank you, choir. Thank you for a wonderful morning. We know we have a great God, and he was manifested today. You know, I was thinking, in many churches today, and no, no criticism to any, they have uh, done away with choirs and uh, with gowns. But you know what? When we are going to get to heaven, you're going to see gowns, and you're going to see choir. And you are going to enjoy it. I believe we're going to keep that as long as we live. We're going to keep, keep this traditional way of worshiping God. Forget the other things that people do to attract people. We are not here to attract people by any other thing except by the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And his music. His music. Well... You've heard enough about Jesus is risen, and I don't think we can hear enough about that. And it's not on Sunday, Easter day that we do it. We should do it every day. We should live in the power of his resurrection every minute of our lives. And people today, many are preaching, and I've read so many books that are trying to prove that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and Jesus Christ, and what happened, and what are the qualifications to rise from the dead. There were so many books written, and I've read some, and halfway through, I threw them away. I don't need any person in the world. I don't need any uh, kind of philosopher to tell me or to prove to me that Jesus rose from the dead. There is one thing I, I believe in, the book of life. That proves. And because you're here, because we're here, Jesus was risen from the dead. We have his life, and that's why we attend church. That's why we come and listen to the word of God. And today, I will try and finish up within 15 or 20 minutes what I wrote for half an hour or more. Uh, to begin with, to begin with, Mike Hyde stole my message today. So may God bless him. <laughs> it didn't happen. This is the first time last year someone else stole it. I think Adam was. Adam stole it. Adam, it was you. You started a trend. But you know, we cannot have enough speaking about the Lord's resurrection. We cannot have enough. Uh, let me read one verse for the sake of time. It's in John 20, 19. It was read this morning. When therefore it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And this is his message to us this morning. Peace be with you. 
The resurrection of the Lord Jesus is the most conclusive, if you will please, of all assurances to the Christian believer. Love, redemption, salvation, sacrifice, and peace come, come to us from the cross of Calvary. But they would never come to us at all were it not, were it not for our Lord's resurrection. A dead Christ could be no mediator. A dead Christ could be no savior. A dead Christ could be no redeemer to pay our price and our debt. Jesus' resurrection is a divine declaration that atonement on our behalf is accepted by the Father. Satan is defeated. Death is conquered. The tomb is empty. And the Lord Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of glory to be the propitiator for our sins. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Amen. Today is a joyful day. Rejoice. A joyful day for the whole world. All the redeemed in the four corners of the globe are shouting with joy, singing songs of freedom from sin and chanting hymns of victory over death. Today is the day holy to the Lord, our God, for the joy of the Lord is our strengths. Today, the Lord, up from the grave, he arose. Do you think this has changed? He is still there for you and for me. He is still the same compassionate God who was on the cross of Calvary and looked at the people around and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they were doing. This is the same Jesus that rose from the death. He looked at John and given him the responsibility of his mother. John, take care of her. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. John, take care of her. And this is the same Jesus that when he arose still in the grave, that grave, little grave, that I've seen with my own eyes. And when he sat down and after he put everything and he tidied everything. That tells us Jesus is a tidy, tidy God. Uh, are we tidy? Men, are we tidy at home? <laughs> Do we pick after our own selves? Oh, oh, oh God help us. <laughs> We're in trouble. And he was tidy. And then... Today, today, people are also discussing, I read books, probably you read books, who moved the stone? Who opened the grave? I tell you one thing, with Jesus awake in that grave, he doesn't need anybody to open, him, to open the grave for him. He just meant, did this. And, that, and the stone rolled away. The stone rolled away and he stood at the door. And he had some business to do. He said, now I have redeemed those I need to redeem. I have settled their account. I have died for sin and who accepts me becomes my child. I will save him from sin and he will live now 
eternally as I live myself. But he had to do few things. You are going to say amen a lot today, I tell you right. You are going to do few things. I am going to do few things. I have some responsibilities. He never stopped. He said, I want to start work. The first day, you know, if someone, if someone was declared king, the very first day he doesn't go to work, you know, they will have celebrations all over the world. They will have, they will have, they, they will declare it a general holiday today. But Jesus, the moment he opened, he opened that grave and he looked, Satan was sitting there. He said, come here, you dirty, rotten guy. Come here. And he put, he put his feet on his neck and he took the keys of Hades and death from him. This is why death has no dominion over you Christians. I have tears in my eyes. Yes, we go through the grave, but this is not the de death because immediately we open our eyes and we are in the presence of the Lord in heaven. That's Easter for me and for you. And we are going to enjoy him forever and ever. But he thought about few people because he is God. He said, I have to take care. He went to work. Do you know on his day, he went to work. And he is telling us, you go to work on every day for me. He did go to work. First, he did some business with Satan and he chained him. He said, I will deal with you after the millennium. I will deal with you, but now you cannot touch my elect. He cannot touch you. You are his child. He has, what did we say two weeks ago? He has a fence around you. And he put that fence and the blood of Jesus Christ, no one can touch it. Uh, he who touches you, what does it say? Touches the apple of my eyes. This is resurrection for you and me. And moreover, he, found, he, he, went, he was still out there. And we see Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. And he, had to, he made three visits that day. Bear with me, I will try three visits that day. And I want to talk about them briefly. The first visit, he visited with Mary Magdalene. Why? He knew her when, she was, when he was before his resurrection. She was a woman for whom he, he has done great things for her. And she followed him. She loved him. She was there when he was crucified. And here she is there the first day to check. And she thought, as we heard during the breaking of bread, that they stole him and they took him away. But he was looking for her for one simple reason, for one simple thing. He looked at her, he said, Mary, why are you weeping? As was his habit, since he came to this earth, he went after those who were weeping, after the brokenhearted, after those who have been left alone, after the ill people, after even the dead people, Jesus Christ came into this world and he rose again and continues to be looking after you and me, after the broken-hearted people. Mary, why are you weeping? And when he, she heard his voice, then she knew from the tone of his voice, from the way he pronounced Mary, Ah, uh, that he is the master I am looking for. Oh, Christian this morning, does he know your name? Yes, he knows. 
Okay, some people change their names. Do you know that? Some people change their names. From if Adam changed his name to Eve, he will know Eve. <laughs> he will know, Adam. You can't go anywhere. You stole my message last year. <laughs> he will know. He will know even if you have a nickname. He will call you by your nickname. Just to tell you, I am here for you. Hey, Christian, we are rejoicing today that Jesus rose from the death. But one thing, if there are some hearts that are weeping this morning, Jesus Christ is walking amongst us. He, is, he, he sees your heart. He sees your tears. He sees your condition. He sees that you needed a job. He, ne he sees what you're going through. You have a, a, a son that needs to be saved, and he's gone. A daughter that you're praying for her. He, he knows that, and he goes to you and comes to you, and he whispers, why are you weeping? I am alive. I am here to heal your broken heart. That's, and you know what? When he met with her, when he saw her, Say, say, he gave her a message. There is no one, no one that met with Jesus Christ and left his presence without taking a message from him. There is no one, there is no one in the whole generation. He gave her a message. And this woman who was weak, who was so uh, unhappy, who was so, so sad, and she couldn't see straight. She couldn't see. She thought he was someone else. But here he gave her. He says, listen, go tell my brethren. I want to send you. I want to give you. He made her an ambassador. And when Jesus is going to meet with you this morning, open your heart. And he told her, go tell them. I ascend to my father and your father and my God and your God. Give her this beautiful message. That I am he and I'm going to go to heaven. And I will be seated at the right hand of glory as man there to feel with you. They go tell them. And you know what? Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. What a transformation when she met with Jesus Christ. From a weeping woman into a joyful woman. Yes, Jesus is the only one who can change your weeping into joy. Amen. Don't leave this place, young man, young women, people. Don't leave this place with tears. Leave this place with joy by giving him your life and walk with him and ask the Lord Jesus to pass by your house, your heart, change you and make you a new creation. Amen. Amen. First visit, I made it in five minutes. Now, the, he, he had on the same day, he said, there's another, other, some other people that need my attention now. I'm not going to go to any celebrations. I'm not going to go to anywhere. I have to attend to them. I go back. You don't have to open your, your Bibles. Uh, back to Luke 24. Here's two of his disciples walking on the road and going from Jerusalem to Emmaus around noontime. The morning is done. He took care of Mary. And thank God. And then he just 
saw this, Cleopas and a friend of his. They were disciples of Christ, not from the 12 disciples, but disciples of Christ. They were so down. And the Bible says they were walking so down. Look, look what, they, what the Bible says. And he walked behind them first, then he approached them slowly. What a great God, Savior we have. He comes in so tenderly, so nicely. And slowly he approached them, and he said, what are you talking about? What, what are you so depressed? And uh, he saw in them, and they stood still, they stopped looking sad. He said, haven't you been to Jerusalem? Are you a stranger? Didn't you know what happened? They crucified the Lord of glory. They crucified Jesus. And there are so many people talking about uh, he was stolen. His body was stolen. He's no, not here anymore. And some, some said that uh, they visited the tomb and he's not there. And he looked at them. He said, oh, oh I, we need to do a surgical operation in your hearts. We need, okay, don't we sometimes, don't we sometimes get blinded about what God does to us? Get blinded about the facts of life, the facts that are before us. And you know, he did not uh, start with a book by, um, by a certain philosopher. No, he did not start by a book by uh, those Pretend that they are the best writers in the world. He didn't dig into psychiatry and says, well, they need psychiatric help. They need No, he did not. He started where? Talking to them. From the book of God. He started quoting what the prophets wrote. He started teaching them about, yes, the, Jesus had to come. He had to live amongst us, had to die, and he rose again victorious. And after about three, four hours, they had to walk about seven to eight miles. And when they reached almost their home, their hearts were changed completely. And they looked at each other and said, what is this? This man opened our hearts. Where does he come from? And you know what, what they did? Their hearts, the Bible says, uh, were burning within them. And then finally says, we don't know, he's a stranger, but let's invite him. Let's invite him. And in verse 29 says, please stay with us. That was something. You brought, you brought some hope to our hearts. Please stay with us. He said, okay, I will stay with you. They sat down, they invited him. This is the culture there. And they sat down, and the moment they sat down to eat, he opened their eyes and saw Jesus, the resurrected Jesus amongst them. Some people, he said, when he broke bread, they noticed that his hands, the nail-pierced hands, he noticed them. That's fine, but he opened their eyes and said, now, now, see me as I am. And when he opened their eyes, their sadness... Their problems, their uh, hopelessness, their lost hope was completely restored. And their hearts started burning. And guess what? Joy came into their hearts. The sadness that they had, he changed it from sadness to joy and celebration. You know what they did? They said, Mom, 
You take care of everything. We're going back to Jerusalem. We just came. What are you doing? Jesus is risen. We cannot say here, we have, go to, we have to go and tell the disciples that he is alive. And you know what? They had nothing except walking. They walked back the seven, eight miles to Jerusalem to tell others. That was a beautiful visit. I hope the Lord will visit everyone who sat today and rejoice that he is here to make your heart the most joyful heart under the sun. There's joy in Jesus. He said, well, I have to call on someone else too. See, first visit around noon, in the evening it ended, and I have to call on someone. And here he goes straight to the disciples. Straight in the same, in the same book we see, uh, uh, chapter, we see, and while the disciples were there, and the two disciples that came all the way from Emmaus to Jerusalem, and they were telling them what the Lord has really risen, and they were trying to, yeah, to rejoice all together. He enters. He enters the house. What kind of key did he use? The same keys he opened the grave. Jesus can enter any place. Would you open your heart for him so he can enter your heart this afternoon? He was there in the midst in verse 36. And while they were telling these things and rejoicing, he himself stood in their midst. And here's why he came. He asked them this question. He said, why are you troubled? He told Mary, why are you weeping? Right? And he told the two disciples, why are you sad? And now the disciples, all of them who were there, except one, you know who's the one who wasn't there, he said, why are you troubled? He goes after the troubled people. Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Why? I'm here. And let me remind you, three days ago, I was with you. We broke bread together. But he reminded them, this is a different kind of bread. He says, do you have anything to eat? I'm he. I'm not a ghost. I can eat. I can breathe. Touch me. Put your hands in the nails, scarred hands. Here's my side. I am Jesus who rose from the dead. And you know what the Bible said? They could not believe it, not because of lack of uh, uh, belief, but for joy that were, was in their hearts. They were marveling. Marveling, the Bible says, marveling. And then he said to them, have you anything here to eat? And he wanted to say, hey, this is like before. Nothing happened. Three days, they're gone. I paid your debt. I atoned for your sins. I gave you eternal life. You're going to live 
exactly the life I live myself. What a gift, a gift of resurrection. He came to wipe away your tears. He came to take away your sadness. He came to take away your doubts. He came to take your troubles away. And he did these things the very first day. Morning, noon, and the evening. Because he considered this is an immediate need amongst my people. You know, if you are sad, if you're troubled, if you're weeping, if there's any, this is an urgent need for him. An urgent need to him. An urgent need for you. And he will attend to it if you ask him to come and relieve me from my troubles. And you know what? And after the moment, after when the time came that he wanted to leave them, to leave them, he gave them as he gave Mary Magdalene, as he gave the two disciples a mission to go and tell of his resurrection. He gave him a mission, the great commission. In the same verse, he says, he prayed with them. He said, behold, I am sending you forth the promise of my father, which is the Holy Spirit. You go to the world and preach, teach, and baptize. And lo, I am with you till the end of the world. Dear saints, dear friends, Jesus Christ is the same today like yesterday and forever. Amen. The one who rose from the dead wanted you to rise from your troubles, rise from your sins, rise from anything that is withholding you to go and tell the world about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is alive. And he will live forever and ever. And guess what? The news. You will live forever and ever. Because if I live, you shall live also. And the disciples rejoiced seeing the Lord. They took, they took that responsibility. They went to the world. And they preached, they taught, they baptized, and they even died for him and lived to spread his word. 60, 70, 80 years, I did not, uh, 80 years later, he said, There's, there is a friend, there is someone I love very much who is really going through a lot of trouble. You say, I told you, he goes after lots of trouble. And if you have your Bible, just a thought, and we will pray and go home. Open with me to the book of Revelations. Book of Revelations and chapter 1. And John was banished. John, John who remembers John, John the friend of Jesus, who laid his head on his chest. John that Jesus loved so much. He was really beaten up, banished, thrown on the Isle of Patmos, left alone, and he came to him. And John saw him in all his glory and majesty. He fell down at his feet like a dead man. But you know what Jesus told him? He 
with, from his love to John, because he loved him so much, he laid his right hand upon him, saying, Do not be afraid, John. I am the first and the last. That's your God. Here's, and the living one. And I was dead. And behold, I am alive forever. And I have, what? The keys of death and of Hades. I have the keys. I took them that day, that morning, when I rose from the dead victorious. And John, go right. I'm going to give you a ministry that I haven't given to anyone. I love you so much. Write what's going to happen from the end of the world. And tell them about heaven. Tell them what's going to happen during the end times. And that's why it reached us. Because disciples obeyed. John obeyed. And we are here as a result of their work for us. Go celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But remember, let us make it a point in our lives to reach out to those who are deprived, those who are sick, those who are blind, those who are depressed, and those who are living in doubts and weeping. And that's our mission in this life. And that's how we represent the risen Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. And we thank you for Jesus Christ, our living Lord and Savior. May we live by his power, by the power of his resurrection. And say with the Apostle Paul that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Bless each and every one, every family. Those who are still sick in bed, we pray for them that you heal them and bring them back to us safely. We mention specially our sister Kara and her family that you visit with them, Lord, and they need your visit to just wipe away their tears and bring them back to us safely. As for us, bless all the programs we have today, the meetings with the family, wherever we're going, be with each and every one and bring us back to uh, love you, to praise you, and to live everlasting life with you forever and ever. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. Thank you. We are over time a little bit. May God bless you. And see you tomorrow, bright and early. <laughs>